Westlake barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the circuit. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I didn't, uh, I didn't sleep well last night. I've been groggy all day and a little sick to my stomach. I've just been unproductive. You know you have days at work like that. You walk in, punch your time card, and you're like, oh, it's going to be a long day. This is, a, this is a crawl to the finish line type of day. That's been my day today. Just a horrible night of sleep. I had toaster waffles for dinner last night, which probably didn't help. Just, I just don't feel good today. I almost called in sick. I actually called my boss earlier today this morning. I said, hey, boss, I'm I'm really not doing well today. Do you, do you think I could just wait a day? Wait, wait two days. Can I just wait until I feel better to go on air? And my boss said to me, he said, Grant, you're scheduled to work. You're on the schedule. What do you think this is? Northwestern basketball? <laughs> just, move, just move around commitments because you don't feel good. You're a little under the weather. Oh, you didn't sleep well last night. Yeah, join the club. Come in to work. Come do your show. And I said, you know what, boss? You're right. You've motivated me. Actually, I want to take a pay cut because I'm so passionate about this company reschedule i'll never reschedule this show this isn't northwestern basketball and yes i'm upset that northwestern won last night that should have been a forfeit the badgers should have won that game automatically again all due respect and sensitivity to covid 100 absolutely but it's dumb it's really dumb so it's not gonna come into work today i feel a little under the weather can i reschedule the show no it's not how the world works there's no rescheduling in the real world how are these student athletes how are these college kids going to learn the way the real world works if you just let them willy-nilly reschedule everything? And you know these days in high schools and colleges, if you don't do well on a test or an exam, or you just redo it, come in, do corrections, get some of those points back. I mean, what are we teaching the youth in this country? That's really what I'm worried about. Anyways, that's my rant. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had a great day. I tweeted earlier today, and I meant it, at Wisco Grant. I don't know how anyone is expected to be productive today after watching what happened to the Badgers last night. That was a gut punch. That sucked. That was a bummer. And I want to start the show with that tonight. Maybe the Bucks come up. The Bucks gave us an awesome feel-good win last night. Chris Middleton back. Giannis back. Everyone is playing. Everyone's healthy. Let's go. And the Bucks score 150 points. They shoot the lights out. They start the game. I, I was driving home because the, the game started at 6, so I missed the first couple of minutes. And when I park in my parking garage, I'm about ready to walk into my apartment and I check Twitter. Oh, it's 28 to what? It was like 28 to five. Like, let's go. Turns out when all the Bucks guys are healthy, they're pretty good. So that happened last night. We can talk about that if you'd like at some point between now and six o'clock. I said yesterday that we're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers retirement unless we have a reason to. We're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers potentially getting traded unless something new happens. Well, I don't know if something new happened today, per se. But Aaron Rodgers did go on the Pat McAfee show. And I gotta tell you, it was thrilling entertainment. I don't know if it meant anything. I think it was 40, 45 minutes of crap or however long it was. But I watched, I enjoyed, and I saved some highlights. So we'll probably get to that at some point tonight. On the Aaron Rodgers front, 
I also heard Mr. Ben Kenny today on the Bill Michaels show make an outstanding point. I believe it was about 1130 about the potential for Jordan Love next year and what he could do for the Packers. A, if he plays well, but B, if Jordan Love stinks, well, that's actually not the worst thing in the world for the Packers either. And he compared Jordan Love to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles situation. That's that's a good comparison. In fact, it's so good, I'm going to steal it and use it on the show tonight. So I want to talk about that between now and 6 o'clock, wherever it fits in, wherever we get to it, because I want lots of time to talk to you as well. 608-796-2558. If you'd like to call or text the show, the texts were down yesterday. I didn't want to draw attention to it. I didn't want to make it sound like we're broadcasting out as some, you know, roughshod, slapdash, backwater studio here. That's not, But it was down. There was, a, there was a bug in the program. It's back up. So if you want to text, I'd love to have you. As now I reload the texts here and see everybody that was upset about the Bucks <laughs> cutting the show off yesterday, um, I think I lost all my contacts. Maybe. I can't tell. Unless we just got a ton of new texters yesterday. So please, small request, if you text in today, could you also include your name so I can resave it? Because I want to be able to address everybody by their name. So thank you. 608-796-2558 and Twitter at Wisco Grant. Last night was the worst loss of the Badgers season. I don't know pound for pound if Northwestern is the best or the worst opponent they've played. I don't, that's not even what I'm talking about. The Badgers lost to Northwestern and Northwestern's coming off an eight-day COVID layoff, right? And yet the Badgers were the team that looked rusty and mopey. They didn't look crisp at all. Wisconsin had seven turnovers last night. It felt like 17. It felt like 70. It felt like there were 10 of them alone in the first couple of minutes of the game because Chucky Hepburn dribbling around turned the ball over. Tyler Wall dribbling around turned the ball over. Tyler Wall had four turnovers by himself last night. It felt like 40. Seven turnovers. Like I, I couldn't believe that they didn't have more when I checked the box score this morning and, of course, read Zach Heilprin's last word at MadCitySportsZone.com. The Badgers looked rusty and not crisp, and they didn't come out with energy. They didn't shoot the ball well. They turned the ball over, and they lost to a team coming off of an eight-day COVID layoff. And worst of all, worst of all, Jordan Davis, our guy, had a career night, and it was 100% wasted. Wasted, 100%. And I said yesterday, I said on over the line, I said, big Jordan Davis game incoming. I think he's going to have a moment tonight. I think he's going to get hot. And then later in the day, we learned that Max Klesmit wasn't going to play. Jordan Davis back in the starting lineup. I said, Jordan Davis is going to get his shot tonight. He's going to get hot. He's going to put some points in. He's going to play well. We're going to have a moment from Jordan Davis last night. And we absolutely did. Anybody with a brain could have seen it coming. Can I explain my Jordan Davis analysis, quote unquote, if we can call it analysis? Can I just explain myself a little bit? It's not a bit. It's not something I'm doing to be annoying. I do plenty of things on the show to be annoying. My Jordan Davis fandom, my Jordan Davis takes, it's not something to be annoying. Now, I am a little bit biased because I love Lacrosse Central. It's my high school team. But... Jordan Davis doesn't stink like everyone says. I think that's my issue. That's my my Jordan Love analysis or Jordan Davis analysis. Everyone thinks he's the worst thing on planet Earth. Everyone thinks he stinks. Everyone hates him because his older brother was better. This, that, the other thing. Jordan Davis is a fine basketball player. He's a well-rounded basketball player. As we saw last night, can do a little bit of everything. He's a good cutter. On certain nights, he can shoot. <laughs> he can always rebound. He's active. He's got good hands. He can defend and keep guys in front of him. And he's 6'4". He's a little bit bigger than Klezmet or some of these other bodies that are really only out there for defensive purposes because, let's be real, the offense is in short supply on this team. And Jordan Davis is not the only one who has offensive struggles, which frustrates me. 
Jordan Davis misses a couple shots. Everyone gets mad as if this team isn't built to miss shots. They shot 9 of 16 from the free throw line last night. Puke. 10 of 31 from 3. That's 32%. Puke. They shot 38% from the floor. Puke. Oh, no, but Jordan Davis is the one guy in this team who can't shoot. Right? Jordan Davis is a well-rounded basketball player. Could do a little bit of everything. Now, his ceiling is not as high as Chucky Hepburn or Tyler Wall or Connor Asijan. But those guys haven't been playing well. Those guys haven't been lighting the world on fire. If the Bucks started losing, for example, you wouldn't blame Pat Connaughton. You wouldn't blame Grayson Allen. You'd look at Giannis and Chris and Drew Holiday. And if those guys were struggling, you'd say, oh, that's the reason why the Bucks aren't winning. And I think that's the case with the Badgers a lot. When the Badgers... Excuse me. When the Badgers lose, getting all fired up here. When the Badgers lose, Chucky Hepburn doesn't play well. Tyler Wall doesn't play well. Oh, but Jordan Davis was 0 for 3 from 3. Yeah, him and every other person on this team. Okay, buddy? Let's not blame Jordan Davis for all of our problems. So let's look at the team last night. Jordan Davis had a great night, but but what else? Well, Chucky Hepburn was bad. Tyler Wall was bad. Connor Asijan was bad. The three of those players combined to shoot 29% from the field. From the field! Not from three. 29% 29% from three would be poor. 29% from the field. And it was even worse than that. I don't even think that number tells the story of how poor those three guys were. Because if they just missed shots, that, that's one thing. Chucky shot four of 16. And Chucky took such bad shots. To be honest, it was a little bit of a miracle that he got four of them to go. It was, it was a miracle that he got four of the 16 to go. Because I can't remember one look Chucky Hepburn had last night where I'm like, there's a great look. There's a great shot. No, it was forced. It was feet behind the three-point line. Pulling up from Jordan Davis range. Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall, I don't even care what he shot from the floor. He can't make free throws to save his life. It's time to grow up, Tyler Wall. Okay? I know you're a student athlete. I know you're just a kid. But let's make our free throws. This isn't elementary school. This isn't pickup out in the parking lot. Let's make our free throws and be an adult. Okay, and stop trying to drive through three defenders at once. You're not Giannis, right? You're not that guy. You're an undersized center that's decently skilled with a basketball that's on a roster that seriously lacks guys who are skilled with the basketball. So let's calm down a little bit, Tyler, and let's let's mature. It's time to grow up. It's time, it's time to, as a basketball player, start our Roth IRA, get our own health insurance. It's it's time to make our free throws, buddy. Let's, come on. Connor Seijan was 3 of 11. Connor Seijan's a freshman. I expect a little bit less from him. He's a guy that's going to take his shots, and he's always confident in taking his shots, and that shooters have bad nights, okay? I don't expect that much from a Asijan compared to Wall and compared to Chucky, but Connor Asijan was disappointing last night. I don't know what we expect from Stephen Crowell. Like, as a badger, I'm asking here. I'm, I'm gesturing with my arms. Do we know what we expect on a night-in from night-out basis? Like, what does Stephen Crowell have to do night-in, night-out, where you're like, yep, that's that's good enough? What kind of stat line would make you go, we need more from Steve. Need more from Steve Crowell. Like, he had eight points left away from this game thinking, yes, eh, and Stephen Crowell. I mean, what, what do you, he's not Frank Kaminsky. He ain't Ethan Half. Okay, he's not that guy. I don't think we expect things from Stephen Crowell the same way we expect things from Chucky and Tyler Wall. Now, we can treat last night as a one-off. The Badgers had a long layoff. Then again, so did Northwestern. So I guess you'd have to give Northwestern the credit for handling their long layoff better than the Badgers did. We can treat last night as a one-off, and we'll see how they look at Maryland, and they got three games in in five days now this week. Thanks, Northwestern, for that. Don't get COVID, please. It's 2023. Figure it out. We can treat last night as a one-off, or we can look at things a little more critically. 
I'd like to do a little bit of both. I don't want to overreact to any one individual game of basketball because it's basketball. This is a big game in the Big Ten standings. This is a game that both teams really wanted to have Northwestern. This gives them a, a, a buoy. This bounces them up quite a bit in Wisconsin. It feels like they really missed an opportunity. We're looking at this game critically. This is what I kept thinking. This is what I kept asking myself last night watching the game. It's like, who's the Badgers' best player? Who's the, who's the Badgers' best player? And don't tell me, well, they have a couple. It, it depends on the night. No, no, no. I don't know how this works. Every team's got to have a best player, a guy they can go to in crunch time, a guy who's the leader, a guy who can get a bucket or get a stop when a stop or a bucket is needed. Who, who's the Badgers' best player? Coming into this year, we probably thought it was maybe Chucky Hepburn, but also maybe Tyler Wall, possibly, depending on the matchup. And then Tyler Wall got hurt. And we're like, man, Tyler Wall might be more important than Chucky Hepburn. I don't know if he's better, but he's maybe more important. And then we had a couple games where it's like, is Stephen Crowell the best basketball player I've ever seen? And not not just the best player on the Badgers. Is he the best basketball player in the world? So we've kind of rotated back and forth between Hepburn and Wall and then Stephen Crowell. Northwestern did not respect a single Wisconsin player on the floor last night. Defensively, they showed zero respect to Chucky Hepburn. They showed no respect to Tyler Wall. Stephen Crowell's a little bit different because everyone is fouling out. This was a ref show last night. Everyone was getting called for fouls, so they kind of had to respect Stephen Crowell because they needed their guys to remain available. These guys kept fouling out. They're getting foul trouble on Crowell. And Northwestern didn't respect a single Wisconsin player on the floor. They pressured everybody. They doubled everything. They blitzed everyone. They blitzed every play because they knew that Chucky Hepburn wasn't going to be good enough to split a double team or find a guy who was open. And if he did find a guy who was open... Whoever got the ball wasn't going to be able to knock down the shot, right? Force Wisconsin to make plays or hit threes, and they couldn't do either. Despite what Stephen Bardo said last night, I this is nothing personal against these people. I just, between Lisa Byington and Stephen Bardo last night, I'm like, I'm just going to mute both of these games. Well, this is some Buffett or I'm just, whatever. Maybe I'll put on some white noise. Anything is better than this. Stephen Bardo last night was like, well, you know, Wisconsin, they, they got a lot of three-point firepower. I don't remember what he said. They got three-point shot making in, in droves or whatever. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the Big Ten. No one has three. Other than Penn State, no one has three-point shot making in, in large supply. What are you talking about, Bardo? All the Badgers players, and even the players we consider to be their best players, Chucky and Wall and Stephen Crowell, all the Badgers players that we believe to be their best players, in one way or another, are limited. Right, And you can see it clear as day. Doesn't mean this team can't win games. Doesn't mean they can't finish near the top of the Big Ten and make noise in the Big Ten tournament or whatever. I'm not lowering the ceiling on this team. But all the Badgers players that we believe to be the best players are limited in one way or another. Chucky is shorter than me. Okay, He can't get to his spots. He can't get good shots off. He needs to take contested jumpers. He needs to take deep threes because he's tiny. Tyler Wall is undersized, and he's really not that athletic. Right? He's not athletic, and he can't jump out of the gym like some centers. And he's he's skilled to a degree, but he's not Ethan Happ skilled. He's not Frank Kaminsky skilled. Stephen Crowell is, well, he's big. He's got that going for him. And he's developed some nice moves, and he was at least willing to take a couple of threes from the top of the key last night. He didn't make any of them, but at least he was willing to take threes, which is more than you can say about some bigs that have played. Again, we're bringing Ethan Happ into the conversation. All of the Badgers' best players have limitations. Asijin is inconsistent. 
Crowell just isn't very skilled. Tyler Wall's too small. Chucky Hepburn's too small. And his shot selection sucks, but I think that stems from his size. He can't get good looks because he can't get open because he's tiny. So the Badgers need to figure out how to work around that because the defensive strategy that Northwestern used last night, it's like, well, we don't respect you at all, and we don't think you can beat us. And the Badgers didn't beat them. Turned the ball over a bunch, didn't hit any shots. My dad texts the show. Says uh, Neil Diamond's 82nd birthday from Boathouse Tom. Thank you, Dad. It is Neil Diamond's birthday. I was actually thinking about Neil Diamond earlier today. I was listening to Captain Sunshine and pondering how we're going to celebrate Neil Diamond Week in a couple of months. It's just fun to have things on the calendar to look forward to. Let's debrief a little bit on the Badgers. Any remaining thoughts we have? If anyone has thought on the Bucks game from last night, we can discuss the Bucks as well. And then I want to get into the Packers at 4:30. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Just dragging today. Again, I feel a little under the weather. I didn't sleep well last night. I had toaster waffles for dinner last night, which was probably part of it. I called my boss this morning. I said, boss, can we can we please reschedule tonight's show? I, I, I'm just not up to snuff. And he said, Grant, the show is on the schedule. The show will go on. And I said, you know what? You're right. This isn't Northwestern basketball. We stick to our commitments. We push through adversity. Yes, I'm upset that the Badgers lost last night. Northwestern should have had to forfeit. The game was so frustrating, too. Turnovers, missed free throws. Missed free throws. Look, if you go back through the last five, six, seven years, and you look at the Badgers teams that like won games but were frustrating, or like they they just you knew they were going to be first round exits, or or the one team that actually, of course, missed the tournament. You go back and you look at all those teams, they all had something in common. They just bricked free throws. They couldn't make free throws. The Badgers play a style of basketball, a brand of basketball that puts them in a lot of close games. It puts them in in uncomfortable situations. And Wisconsin teams that have been uncomfortable in those uncomfortable situations lose. Free throw's a big part of that. And you know what? Tyler Wall, I really like Tyler Wall. He's really skilled. He's kind of this fun tweener player between a four and a five. And he can play on the outside a little bit. And he can almost run the point from the block or from the high elbow. A lot of things I like about his game. It's time to be a big boy and make your free throws. Okay? Grow up. If we're speaking in basketball terms, if 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 Tyler Wall's career in basketball is real life, I'd say, Tyler Wall, it's time to start your Roth IRA, okay? It's it's time to get a credit card. Let's start establishing a line of credit. Maybe look for your own health insurance. Maybe let's get off your parents' phone plan. That, that's Tyler Wall in his basketball career right now. It's time to make free throws. Let's Let's join the adult world. Let's grow up a little bit. Start your retirement fund, handle some adult thing, make your free throws, okay? Because it's just going to kill this team if they're in coin flip games every other night in the Big Ten, and that's life in the Big Ten. And you're coming by, you're coming out at the free throw line, and as a team, you're shooting 9 of 16, 13 of 16, 12 of 16, and it'd be like, eh, I got to be a little better. 9 of 16 is just reprehensible. Let's talk to Vagabond John, 608-796-2558. What's up, John? I got a little distracted. I, I embarrassed myself uh, last time I was in D.C. with my coworkers talking about Roth IRAs because uh, 
they're in more senior positions than me, and they let me know, you know, man, like none of us qualify for that. We make too much. Really? I didn't even know that was a thing. What a flex. I didn't know it was a thing. If you make over like 150K or whatever, like you no longer can contribute to a rock. So let's keep Tyler Wall underneath that because, you know, he's got, he needs some baby steps. I mean, I just, maybe I ask for too much. These are kids after all, Vagabond. John, they're, they're juggling classes and, you know, they're hormonal. They're dealing maybe with romantic relationships. You know, they've moved away from their family. Maybe I ask too much. I think making free throws is if you're going to be a grown, grown boy and play in Wisconsin basketball and go night to night in the Big Ten, you got to be able to make your free throws. And maybe this is me becoming an old man. Maybe this is an old man take, but this is just how I feel today. Grant, this is, uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about essentially the reason I started calling into sports talk radio shows, and it has to do with the gentleman that you mentioned previously, Mr. Ethan Happ, with the entire hack of Happ. Like, are you really an All-American if you're virtually unplayable in the last four minutes? You know, he, that's the whole reason uh, they didn't make a tournament that year. Is they lost about six close games because, you know, the season was Ethan Happ at the free throw line. I really think Tyler is a much better shooter. I mean, he's attempting threes. He's at about 20, 25% clip. Yes. So I don't want to put him in the same breast as Ethan Happ. I think Tyler um, is better. But, I mean, I, I've been told for the last two weeks that Tyler Wall is the pinnacle. When I say Greg Gard can't develop players very well, Tyler Wall is essentially the best example of this is, this is peak Greg Gard development. I, I turned in, tuned in yesterday just in time to see one of his four awful turnovers. And, you know, he's a good player. I don't want to dunk on the kid too much. He's a, he's a good player, but... This team is just composed of a lot of guys who uh, gave Johnny Davis the ball last year who are now asked to do a lot more this year. And, uh, you know, we're seeing what kind of happens when the talent just isn't quite there, I don't think. I don't necessarily think it's a coaching thing. You mentioned size across the board. It's a really small team. It looks like a team that maybe plays, uh, I don't know, in the D3 league in terms of height. Um, kind of across the board, right? I mean, your second tallest guy is like 6'8". I don't know. Middleton might have more size than the Badgers right now. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll, let me go to the other side of the coin. Let me take this coin and flip it to the other side. I would like, now like to be on the other side of the coin. I give Tyler Wall credit, and I, I'm trying to put myself in his head because he probably feels, hey, I missed some time, and the team crumbled without me. They could not win. And then I come waltzing back in, and everything's expected to be fine. And then they go to Northwestern last night, and everything's not fine. Nobody can hit a shot. Chucky Hepburn can't get to his looks. Connor Asijan isn't finding those shots and putting them down. So Tyler Wall probably thinks, well, I'm the guy. When I, when I left and when I got hurt, the team couldn't do it. Nobody can do it tonight, so I have to take it upon myself. And maybe that's why he forced the issue a little bit, turned the ball over a couple times. So I appreciate that part. I'd rather have a player make mistakes of activity rather than passivity. Like, go for it and go down swinging, I guess, but it was just a bad look for Tyler Wall last night, and Northwestern didn't respect him. Northwestern didn't respect Wall, Hepburn. They just said, we're going to double-team you, we're going to blitz you, we know that you can't get past us, and we know that you can't hit open threes, and the batters didn't either. It was, uh, you know, the last two minutes was just really frustrating to watch. I don't think Jordan Davis or Connor Asijan took a shot in the last three minutes, and they didn't score in the last three minutes. So for me, this is a basketball team that you're really going to have to ride the hot hand, which is something that I don't necessarily think Greg Gard is great at, of understanding when, you know, Connor gets hot in the second half. I think he hit two straight threes. Maybe he takes a bad one. But listen, man, 
you got a guy who can't hit a free throw to save his life uh, down in the post, forcing up shots, and then you get to the end game situation, and just to not get the two guys who actually kind of got scoring going, right? You had yep. Jordan Davis playing, you know, arguably the best game of his career, and then coming out of timeouts, we're just not utilizing the players that are that are capitalizing on their matchups. And I think for me, that was the the frustrating part watching down the stretch of you have players within the game playing well. Why aren't we going to them in crucial moments? And I think that's something that the team will figure out. It is worth noting that Max Klesman, absolute lockdown defender, uh, as a defensive team, if you don't have your best defender, it's going to be tough, right? So, I mean, with all starters back, this team is still like 12-2. and I'm, You know what I was kicking around today? What if... Maybe the, the okay. So I I am biased. I totally am. I loved watching Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis at his best is a guy that does a little bit of everything and is the perfect support to Asijin and Chucky and Wall. When the shots are going in, everything's clicking. Jordan Davis can be that little bit of everything guy. Can Klesman be that guy? Can, can, let's forget just the lockdown defender guy. Klesman also does a little bit of everything. I'm interested to see how they use Klesman and Jordan Davis to complement some of these players who are asked to do a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, we saw Max Klesman have an outstanding defensive game against Kansas, right? I just don't think Jordan Davis has proven on the court True. that he can go and defend some of the best players in the country. So that's where I think the separation, I saw your tweet, you know, does Jordan Davis stay in the starting lineup? Yeah. I think the answer is no, and I think he is that utility tool that is an excellent six-man off the bench, where Connor Asijan, I think, is a guy who needs to get in that game flow Right, He needs to play. He needs to be an every-down running back in order to get that kid the most experience uh, as possible so that he can kind of get in the flow of a game. Whereas Jordan Davis, this is his third year. He's pretty good at a lot of things. Let's plug him in um, so that when Klesman has two fouls in the first half, we can bring in a fresh Jordan Davis. Yeah. I think that's going to be the strategy that they go with. They just need to get everybody healthy. I mean, that's that's that is a knock on the program though. That's not an excuse. You can't lose one guy that transferred in and then say, "Oh, we lost to Northwestern." Granted, Northwestern's better than they have been recently, but I don't like the people that are saying, you know, it's it's one big excuse. Same with when Wall was out. You know, I mean, we saw Wall in. It's not like he's a dominant player that can carry a team. So, you know, having to have everybody at full strength is a weakness of this team. Yeah, I know what you mean. And and maybe guard and everybody, they're like, all right, Klesman and Jordan Davis, you two do a lot of the same things. And especially defensively, maybe that loosens them up to be even more aggressive because if Klesman picks up an early foul, they know they can go to Davis and, and vice versa. Vagamont, John, I got to take a break and I should probably talk about some Packers because we've been doing a half hour on Vagamont. Hey, basketball. last note, last note, <laughs> last yeah. note here. Yeah. Tom Brady took a pay cut and then asked his team to sign Gronk. Aaron Rodgers demanded a pay increase and then asked his team to sign Mercedes Lewis. They're not the same. Uh, no, probably not. Thank you, Vagabond John. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things. Well, when you put it that way, I, I guess. Well, when you word it like that. And let's talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers coming up next. He went on McAfee earlier today, and I got to say, I enjoyed it. I got a kick out of it. I don't know if we should take it that seriously. In fact, I know we shouldn't take it that seriously. It was quite funny. I saved some sound bites. We'll listen next. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Aaron Rodgers had a day today. The Pat McAfee show was a thrilling watch and or listen over lunch if you tuned in. I got a kick out of it. I don't think it really means anything, but I saved some of my favorite parts. And we're going to dig into that here in a couple of minutes. I got a text here from someone whose name I don't have. Again, I hate to do this to y'all. Our texting software had a little bit of a bug and we got it fixed, which was great. But I think I, I think I lost my contacts. So if you text in today, even if you text every day, just slap your name out at the end. I'll resave all the names. Be like this never happened. Be smooth sailing. I got this text that says Vagabond John is tough to follow. He's good. Yeah, I wouldn't want to follow him. That's a that's a tough cross to bear. But you know who's up for the challenge is our friend Mike in Windsor. 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? What's up, man? Hey, Vagabond John is hard to follow, man. He's he's a good one. He's a good call-in. So outstanding. Um, but I respect what, I respect most of the stuff he has to say. He's usually pretty sharp. <laughs> most I heard I, I heard you said most. Good for you. Yeah, we we can't get too friendly here. There needs to be some debate. Oh yeah, I can, you can't respect everything, Grant. Uh, I, I'm excited to hear these clips because I didn't hear uh, or I didn't get the chance to watch McAfee today. Um, but one thirty seconds on. Uh, Badger basketball real quick. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I think that what I'm realizing and what a lot of people are realizing um, is you can you can take this for what it is, but down the stretch last year, we had that key player, right? Mm-hmm. And you made this great point that we don't have that key player this year. No. We, none of these guys are out of this world. None of these – and Vagabond Johnny said, Tyler Wall isn't the person that can – go down the stretch and carry a team, right? Mm-hmm. They just don't have the guy. They don't have the guy. And I think that we need to just kind of sit back and maybe not freak out about this game, but maybe just realize that they're good. They're good for a Big Ten team this year, and it's tough to win in this league, right? So I think that we need to just kind of sit back and say, yeah, they're just not what they were last year. So you Johnny, said, that good? Yeah, you said they don't have that guy or you don't have – the guy. I, I'll, let me edit. Let me get in there and just change one thing. They don't have a guy. They don't have a guy. I look at this roster and there's a couple of really nice players, but like Tyler yeah. Wall can't elevate above Chucky Hepburn. Chucky Hepburn can't elevate above Stephen Crowell. It's one thing to not have a player the level of Johnny Davis. Very few college teams do. This team doesn't right. have a guy that can elevate above anybody else on the roster. I, I want to be able to watch the Badgers and say, hey, that's the guy I trust most in a big spot. That's the guy who can get a bucket. That's the guy who can do this. They don't even have that right now. Right, and I'm not I'm not thoroughly convinced that these men cannot be these people. Um, I think that their ceilings, especially on a few of them, are relatively high. I think Chucky Hepburn's ceiling is relatively high. I think uh, Tyler Wall has pretty much hit a ceiling, or he did last year. Um, but I think Stephen Crowell has another gear. I really do. Um, I think he needs maybe a little bit better footwork or some more skill on the inside, uh, especially on his pivots. Yeah. And I really think he needs to stop taking threes. I mean, I am just, I'm so sick of him taking threes. He hits them every now and then. Um, but can we just focus on putting him, you know, in the post where he belongs? Um, and then freeing up these, the, these looks. Um, I think that there was, there was about two minutes left in the game last night and a made a cut um, and he was free down the center and Chucky took a, a free a three pointer from Madison, like it was unbelievable. Yeah, he took such a long three. So I, I don't, 
I don't know. And Chucky normally sees the game pretty well. So it, it seems like something's almost going on with this team right now where something's just not jiving. Um, and who's to say what that is? I don't even know if Greg Gard knows. Well, but, if, they, if they get healthy, they, they get everyone together for a couple of games and I don't know, build some momentum, get a nice win. It's it's hard to talk about this after a game. The Greg Gard gauge, by the way, is in the red. We're all the way in fire oh, it's after it, last night. Oh, it's it's in the red, but mine's thoroughly <laughs> in the green. So okay, good. Uh, protect protect him at all costs is what I say. So yeah, uh, I, I'm still a huge Greg Gard fan. I, I, I'm I, as everyone or a lot of people that I know are very sick of the comparisons to Falkers right now. I'm just I'm so over it. Um, so. Anyways, I, I, I think they'll do better in a later part of the season. I expect them to turn this around. I think they'll win uh, tomorrow night. I always think they're going to win, just like the Packers. So I'm um, excited to hear what you have to say about Aaron, and uh, have a good one. Yeah, you as well, Mike and Windsor. I appreciate you, and I especially appreciate that you have the gumption to jump in and follow Vagabond John, who is one of our tip-top Badgers callers. Good showing for our Badgers callers today. Cone Roller can take the night off. Uh, not just a Badgers caller, but a, a Badgers booster as well, as uh, he will tell you. Let's switch it up a little bit. We're going on 43 minutes of Badgers basketball talk, which is uh, pretty unbelievable. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back. I do want to switch to the Packers. Though. All right, let's shift to this. Let's let's shift. So Aaron Rodgers went on the McAfee show today, and I don't know that we should take it that seriously because he didn't really say anything new. He does sound a little more open to playing elsewhere relative to last year and the year before and the year before because we've done this now three years in a row, four years in a row, however many years. I don't know. They all run together. He does sound very open to playing elsewhere and honestly sounds very open to retiring, which is what I said a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, let's not discount the retirement as a possibility. If there was one guy that would leave $50, $60 million on the table, it would be Rodgers. A, because he's done very well for himself, but also I I believe him when he says money is energy. I've made a lot of money. Yeah, Yeah, you have, especially the last couple of years. You made a good amount of money. Rodgers, maybe he just wants to go travel, spend time with his folks. Not his parents, but, you know, his friends, because that's what folks mean to him. I don't know. We'll see. He didn't really say anything new today, but he does sound more open compared to last offseason or the offseason before. I saved a few comments from Aaron Rodgers for us to listen to and to break down. It's pretty deep. I mean, it's contemplative. It's deep. Like, he's really questioning whether he wants to play, this, that. I mean, there's a lot of really deep things to dig into, so I figure it would take us some time today. Here's Rodgers talking about his recent, uh, very productive, it sounds like, conversations with GM Brian Gudikins. If we're thinking about that, I'm not trying to avoid the question, but, like, how kind of strange waterbeds were. I mean, that's a weird invent. They're awesome. It was like driving a DeLorean and sleeping in a waterbed. That was, like, (laughs) tip-top, right? It was those two things. I'm sorry, I played the... I don't think that was the... That obviously wasn't the sound I wanted to play. I think I got some cross wires here. Hold on, let me... Cut number one, cut number two, number three. I'm just cross-checking with my notes. All right, give me one sec. All right, my bad, my bad. Sorry, uh, uh, hosting failure by me there. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about his recent, very productive conversations with general manager Brian Gutekinds. Well, they, they have sex up in Alaska, actually, and they come down to warmer water to, uh, to have the babies. Um, at least that's my understanding. Well, I need to label my pieces of audio better. Mike Clemens uh, did not teach me what he was supposed to teach me. Uh, Rogers on trade possibility, rebuild or rely. Yeah, I'm sorry. I lost the... <laughs> I lost the audio. Here's how the interview started. I don't really know what to do with this audio, but I think it's really funny. 
<laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers just ranting. So he was asked about the possibility of a trade. He was asked about the possibility of a rebuild or a reload. Here's Aaron Rodgers on the possibility of being traded. But to be open to the possibility, if I want to keep playing, that it might be somewhere else, I understand that. I understand they might want to move on and, 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 and go younger at a number of different positions. That's a part of it. Uh, there, again, th- when I think about that thought, because it's important to, to understand that, to have some peace with that, because there is a lot that's out of your control, um, it's not with any malice. It's not with any animosity. It's with complete gratitude for an incredible organization that's done a ton for me. I've been there 18 years. I have lifelong friends in that organization. I have lifelong memories. I've made some of my closest friends in my life because I was drafted by the Green Bay Packers and they paid me multiple contracts and had amazing success and met some just really special, special people. So why would I have any animosity toward that? You know. And on the flip side, hopefully it wouldn't be animosity if that was a decision at some point. Because I have nothing but love for the fans and the, and the amazing people I've met over the years at different events and out at fresh time at the grocery store or at Barnes and Noble picking up some books or whatever oh. it might be. It's a it's a beautiful a beautiful town. So um, you know I think there's there's been uh, a, a lot of a lot of fun dreaming about retiring as a Packer because there's something really special about that. But if the competitive hole is is uh, still needs to be satiated and. And it's time to move on. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody would uh, would look at that with uh, a lot of gratitude and not any uh, resentment or even on the flip side, you know, yeah, let's get rid of this old guy. Like, it's, you know, it's time to, time to move on. I hope there's some gratitude on, on both sides if that happens. Well, that's actually very well said. I think part of that answer is Rogers realizing that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the Packers to bring back Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon, Al Lazard. 39-year-old quarterback. He's like, wait, when you say it out loud, when you really get down to brass tacks, that might not make sense for the Packers, and I understand that. I also appreciate him at the end saying, I I don't want there to be animosity. If we go our separate ways and I finish my career elsewhere, I cherish the time here. I don't don't want there to be any animosity. And he then kind of says to fans, like, hey, can you not disrespectfully say, let's get the old bag out of here? All right, guilty. (laughs) You, You got me. I will not say that. I might think it. And maybe been saying it for the last week. Not really about Rodgers, but about some of the other players on the roster. Uh, I All right, I see you, Rodgers. I listened to that minute and 33 seconds, and I think, you know, if if everything he said in that comes to pass and it works out just like that, I think we're all going to be okay. Let's talk to Daniel and Madison really quick before we take a break. 608-796-2558. What's up, Daniel? Yeah, um, it'll, be, it'll be great if in about a year, if the Packers have... Uh, cut ties with Rodgers and Rodgers has cut ties with the Pat with the Packers if he has that same sentiment um, and doesn't make weird passive aggressive shots at the state of Wisconsin city of Green Bay Green Bay Packers organization in general past GMs future coaches like you know what I mean like he just kind of does these like little passive aggressive things mm-hmm. after he says oh we're all chummy we're all happy regardless of like what happens I feel like Maybe he's talking out of both sides of his face there, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Rogers just, just my... Rogers just talks a lot. You know, he'll go for two or three minutes to answer one question, and if you're going to talk for that long, you're probably going to not necessarily speak out of both sides of your mouth, but you're going to address any and all possibilities, and I think Rogers does. Well, if I retire, if I'm traded, if I'm back, you know, he's, he's pretty holistic in the way that he's responding to, to questions and conversations about his future. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, when you talk for three minutes at a time, of course you're going to address every single possibility but i just think that the entire message there was like oh well we're all good regardless of what happens and 
I think Packer Nation is fine with whatever happens for the most part. I just I don't know that Rodgers would be um, if things went south, if that makes sense. And I think that he might still hold a little bit of resentment towards the Packers if they go a different way, which for whatever reason it feels like they are just the last couple of days. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I feel like I've heard this story before from Rodgers, and then oh, yeah. come draft time they'll – make some weird move because of the Packers and Rogers will be like, well, I'm not really sure what Brian was thinking there or, or you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I've kind of, we've seen this dance already. And also, um, I don't know if I buy that a hundred percent on the other side of the coin, just a quick note. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. The bucks had their reunion last night. Otherwise I would have gone to bed sick to my stomach because of those badgers i did go to bed sick to my stomach because after i watched basketball i played video games and ate like four toaster waffles i literally was sick to my stomach when i went to bed but i'm i'm in agreement with you the bucks have been about 500 for the last few months and it just felt good to get everybody back and just smoke a team and to see some three-point shots come down also chris middleton thank god like that's a sight for sore eyes i can't even tell you how how much i missed seeing like his little even if it was kind of like 50% 50% speed today or last night. You know, it didn't look like it was like, you know, he's not playoff ready. He's not even close, but man, it was nice to see those little step backs. No, no room. How does he get the shot off? And it still switches. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. He's that but man. Whatever. That's my, that's my thought. <laughs> All right. Hey, I appreciate the call, Daniel. Thanks for chiming in. Yeah. How you doing? That's our, I guess our guy right there. Daniel and Madison. We're, we're really amassing. See in the past on this show, we have our Packers callers, and then, you know, we have a couple of Bucks callers, nothing big. And then our Brewers callers. We, we have these camps. And, you know, there's some callers that call consistently, but there are a lot of callers at this show. They just kind of plant their flag on one sport. And it's like, hey, it's football season. I'm going to start calling. We've really amassed some nice Badgers callers now. And Daniel and Madison has been one of them. Vagabond John, Mike and Windsor. But Daniel and Madison, he, he has his feet in a couple different camps here, a couple different teams. And I want to talk more Packers coming up next. I'm some more Aaron Rodgers audio. <laughs> Talking about sex and waterbeds and whales. Just meaning of life stuff on the Pat McAfee show today. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. If we want to do some more Badgers basketball, if people feel they missed out and they want to call in and give their take, call in anytime. Same with the Bucks, 608-796-2558. I'm pretty sure the, uh, the, what, what, what word do I want? The main entree for the rest of the show is going to be Packers. Got some Aaron Rodgers cuts. I want to completely steal a point that Ben Kenny made earlier today on the Bill Michaels show and use it for the purposes of this show. He compared the Packers to his Eagles in a indirect and, and fairly insignificant way, but a, an important way in a way that I want to talk about. So we'll get to that. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. If you missed last night's Greg Guard Gauge, uh, I tweeted that out right after the game. I also threw it up on the Facebook page for the show. Just look up Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. Uh, the Greg Guard Gauge is updated after I did my straw polling and data collection last night. Before we took this last break, we we're hearing just a little bit from Aaron Rodgers. And you know what's interesting? Public opinion of Matt LaFleur really dropped this year. I think Packers fans became a little frustrated with him. 
I think football fans at large, maybe football media said, is he the guy? I know he's won 13 games and, you know, Rodgers won some MVPs, but is he a, a loud and vocal leader? Is he someone that can, you know, lead with authority and speak with authority? Well, Matt LaFleur was a topic on the Pat McAfee show today and Aaron Rodgers was asked about him in kind of a turbulent year, right? And Aaron Rodgers spoke and said, no, Matt's, Matt's still our guy, even though the year didn't go well. Well, they, they have sex up in Alaska, actually, and they come down oh. to warmer water to uh, to have the babies. Um, at least that's my understanding. I'm, I'm all turned around. I I can't. I, I can't find my audio. I'm so disorganized. I'm sorry. Mike Clemens normally helps me with this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on Matt LaFleur. If we're thinking about that, I'm not trying to avoid the question, but, like, how kind of strange waterbeds were. I mean, that's a weird yeah, invent. They're right? awesome. It was like driving to the DeLorean and sleeping in a waterbed. That was, like, <laughs> tip-top, right? It was those two things. Well, this is why Mike Clemens normally handles the audio on the show is because, obviously, I can't, I can't keep my sound bites clear. Here's a text from, again, I might have lost all your names because our, our thing had a bug. Just it, include your name, even if you text the show all the time. Thanks in advance. Interesting to hear Rogers say a trade is a business decision and he wants no one to have any negative feelings over it. Packers made a business decision to draft the quarterback in the first round, but he didn't take kindly to that. Or they didn't bring back his buddies. He thinks won't be so positive about that. It's nothing personal. It's just good business. Uh, yeah, sorry I read that quickly, but we got to get to a break. I did not think about that. Uh, that is an interesting point that you bring up, unnamed caller, because I lost all my contacts. Um, yeah, he gets it when it's business involving him. It's just business. When it's business involving anybody else, then it's then it's personal. Business is the most personal thing in the world. Michael Scott. <laughs> Hour two up next. Final play. It looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the circuit. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do it. The 49 This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. yesterday's show uh the bucks cut us off we're on a couple of stations that are bucks affiliates and i love the bucks and our guy justin garcia who's doing a a lot of color commentary and studio work this year i love his input i love the bucks radio broadcast um but that does occasionally take the show off the air so i think our our affiliates in lacrosse wkty and an affiliate in eau claire sports talk 1051 if the bucks are on then we will not be on those stations but you can listen to a uh, station like The Zone in Madison, right? They only have the Brewers, so if it's the Bucks, I always tweet out a link. Follow me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I'll always be keeping you in the loop with how you can listen. Because the show's always on. You might just have to listen on a on a different station. So sorry, a little extra groundwork. I know. But if you're asking, I'm going to let you know. It must be worth it. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Uh, Vagabond John says, this is a bit, right? Yes, it's a bit. I'm incredibly organized with my audio. I label everything. I have things color-coded. Yeah, I would never play play the wrong soundbite. Who do you think you're talking to? Yes, it's a bit. Thank you, though, Vagabond John. Well, 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 look who has given the show a call. One of my favorite people. 
I think he was frustrated with me for some reasons, but that's okay. I'm always happy to have him back. Dave from Monona's here. Dave, what's up? Jesus. Oh, Aaron. Oh, Aaron, please come back. Aaron. Oh, God. People, he's not going anywhere. Let's put a moratorium on this clown for the next three months. You don't think he's, he's going... getting traded? No. He he is so self-absorbed himself, he's going nowhere. And if, and if he really wants to go somewhere, guess what, Aaron? Give back $50 million so we can put players in the field. This team is only three players away from winning the Super Bowl. A tight end and two safeties. And he got 11 draft picks. I'll take my chances with Goody. Go, 15th pick going out and get me a tight end or a couple of safeties. Rodgers doesn't go anywhere. Are you, are you kidding me? This team is that close to winning. But everybody's got to slobber all over him because he's Aaron Rodgers. You, think, get over you think they're that close? They didn't even make the playoffs this year. What, what do you? Why do you think they'll be that much closer next year? They didn't make the position because we, because we got Joe, we got Joe Barry and has no clue, clue what he's doing. And I mean, you think about it, you're only a few, I mean you're only a few few players away. Now, do I want Rogers gone? Absolutely, I okay. want him gone. I mean, oh yeah, because if, if I got to hear another quarterback third and short and fourth and short and throw bombs and fifty yard passes, or all the good all the good quarterbacks take what they're given a quarterback sneak, a rollout, sure. you know, run five yards, get first downs. Oh, absolutely. So I want him gone. But he ain't going anywhere. I mean, I'll take my, I, mean, I, would, I would take my chance with uh, Ryan Love with a new tight end, a couple of safeties. You got 11 draft picks, and Rodgers is going to bring you back two number, you know, two number ones. But, oh, my God, he, he's going nowhere. But now as far as Badger basketball, I mean, whoever that caller was, says, ah, they're going to get better. They're, no, Mike and Windsor, they're not going to get better. Oh, you're going to fight with Mad City, Mark? All right. You are who you are. Okay. You can't shoot free throws. That ain't going to change with 10 games to go or, what, 12 games to go? Yeah. Why Why is that, That's the Dave for Monona? Why do you – Tyler Wallace is a skilled basketball player. He's not Ethan Happ. Like, he can shoot a little bit. He can knock down threes, but he gets to the free throw line, and it's brick, brick, brick. It's all discipline, 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 discipline. And – if you really want to get well, you take Chucky out of the game last two minutes of the game. But, you know, that guy all, all of a sudden just he gets out of control and forgets what got him there. But it's frustrating. And plus, you got Connor. You know, Connor got a chase of the big the, uh, big light, and he flopped like you know, flopped like a salmon. He couldn't he couldn't handle the pressure. You know, but it, it's 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 you got all these people who don't like great guard. Like, I guess winning championships it doesn't really matter with you know a great guard. But no, they're not going to get better with the free throw shooting. All you guys do is make one more out of ten, and this team will go seven and five down the stretch. Yeah, but I mean, but with Aaron Rodgers, people, they're three players away. Goody's got eleven draft choices. Rodgers is coming back, as he knows that if he goes anywhere else. Oh, here's the number one. I'll give you the final reason why he's not going anywhere. Okay, Mark. Um, what's the guy? Mark. Uh, Mark Murphy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going brain stupid. My boss. Mark he's technically Murphy. my boss. Mark, I'm a Packers owner, so he's my boss in a way. Mark Murphy has two years left. Do you really think, people, that he's going to let Rodgers go and bring in a new quarterback and his last two years are going to be failed? Uh, no. That That's why he's not going. Mark Murphy isn't going to, going to allow Rodgers to go anywhere. But, hey, Rodgers, I'd love to get out of the show and say, hey, if you want to win, give give back $50 million. I mean, it's all about MVPs. 
I don't care about MVPs. I want SBCs, Super Bowl champions. Nice. He did say today, by the way, they, they asked him about his cap number next year and the year after. They they were talking on the McAfee show. He's like, well, it's going to be like $60 million. And Rogers said, well, that's, that's not going to work at that number. We'd have to work something out. I don't think that's Rogers' way of saying he's going to take a pay cut. I think they'd restructure it one way or another. But I don't want to push more money out into the future. Aaron Rodgers is old. I don't, I don't want to be paying this guy till 2026. No, I mean, I, to me, Tom Brady gave it back. Rodgers, give it back. If you want to win, give it back. You're not bringing Mercedes Lewis. He's he's older than Herman Munster. I mean, you got <laughs> Bob Tunyon, I, who, I, who I think, you know, half, half your listening audience could probably beat in a foot race. Yeah. You got Amos. Amos couldn't tackle a blow-up doll. You got the other guy back there who stinks. Savage. Yeah, they picked up his fifth-year option, too. I'm with you. I don't think the Packers are that far away. I think they need to get a lot younger. And this offseason, they need to they need to go out, out with the old, not to be ageist here, but yep. let's get some of the old guys who are over the hill. Let's, let's have a younger attitude on this team, better energy, harder hitting, faster running, all of the things that come with younger players. Go out and get yourself. Dusty. Yep. What do all the teams have in common? They got a tight end. This team is one tight end away from having a powerful offense. All the teams got good tight ends. Go out and trade for one. You're not going to be able to draft one. Go bring yourself a tight end in here who can stretch the middle of the field. I mean, look what uh, look what Kittle does. Look, uh, you know, look what um, the cat from uh, from Kansas City does. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think you got all you got. But listeners, yeah, come on. It's almost like it was like listening to all the Brewer fans whine and complain. My Milwaukee team stinks. <laughs> I only got the best pitching. I only got the best pitching staff in baseball, but my team stinks. Oh, we might have a nice little yeah, rivalry next summer, Dave. The Cubs got some good guys. The Brewers got Contreras, the other Contreras. So I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully some nice baseball rivalries between your team and my team this summer. There, see, and I, and I didn't even abuse, you know, didn't even abuse uh, uh, Pete Monona. Didn't abuse Hector, Mike, and O'Claire, who's a god. I, th- I think I think he wears a dress, but we, I'm not sure. Oh, my God. So there. I'm happy to have you back, Dave. It's nice to hear from you. All right, I'm done. Good. Yep, have a good one. Dave from Monona. I don't know the last time Dave called. It's been a couple of weeks. Appreciate you, Dave. I'm glad you're doing well. I know I heard this morning on Ebo's show, or maybe that was last week, that you've been a little bit under the weather. So I'm glad to have you back in the fold. The reaction is mixed. I got two texts here. One from Vagabond John, who says, F, yeah, our prodigal son, or our prodigal crazy uncle returns, says with said with love. Uh, and then Eau Claire Chris says, damn it, Dave is back. <laughs> He's a, Bar Winkler and Dave from Monona have a lot in common. And the people love him or hate him. This is like Pete Weber. You see Pete Weber's comments when he retired from the pro bowling circuit or the PBA or whatever it's called? He's like, hey, I, I, a, lot of, a lot of fans, a lot of haters. But, you know, I, all I can say is love me or hate me. You watched. It's all you could do. That's badass. Same with Dave. Same with Bart. We have a couple, uh, what would you call it? Very polarizing figures on the show. 608-796-2558. Aaron Rodgers went on the McAfee show today and Pat asked him, it's like, so I hear you talking about Mercedes Lewis. I hear you talking about Robert Tunney. You know, what is it about these guys and some of the friends that you made in Green Bay uh, that makes this team so close? And, and why do you need these guys back on the team next year? If we're thinking about that, I'm not trying to avoid the question, but like how kind of strange water beds were. I mean, that's a weird yeah, invention. They're like, awesome. It was like driving a DeLorean and sleeping in a waterbed. That was like <laughs> tip top, right? It was those two things. Not what I meant to do. Uh, on the actual topic of what Dave said, 
right? Dave says they're close. I, I don't think I'm with Dave that they're close. I think they have a path. I, I think they have a direction and an obvious direction in which they need to go and, and a path to improve. It's not going to happen right away, but I think the Packers have a very clear path. They're not wandering in the wilderness wondering, should we go this way, that way, the other way, which way is up, which way is down, we're lost. No, no, no. The Packers have a very clear path on which to proceed, and I think it's very clear if they do this, that, and the other thing, they will be putting themselves in a very good spot. I don't think they need to rebuild all the way. I think they need to reload, but then we're getting into semantics. Like, I think, are we rebuilding? Are we reloading? I think that's a dumb distinction, but that's what McAfee and Rodgers said today. The tone, the, tone, the tone in which the roster is being built. Like, what is the tone of this roster? Are we trying to go right now, or is this like, uh, let's get some... Let's take another, like, kind of a build year almost. Not a rebuild, but a build almost. Like, that type of thing, right? Yeah, is it a reload or is it a rebuild? Well, at age 39 for Rodgers, I don't know if it makes a whole lot of difference because it's next year and the year after, and and that's about it. I, I just, I don't know, again, if it makes a whole lot of difference. Is it a rebuild? Is it reload? Call it whatever you want. I don't know if the Packers are going to take a step back because I think there's a world in which the Packers play with Jordan Love next year and they get rid of some of the older, expensive guys, and they come back, and their record is just about the same. I don't know if their record changes a whole lot. I don't know if the record would have been that much different this year if Jordan Love played every single game. I don't think they would have been that much worse. I don't think there's a world in which they would have been better. But maybe the Packers, you know, lose the the Cowboys game with Jordan Love instead of Rodgers. But I think Jordan Love might have beaten the Lions. They needed to score more than 15 points. Rodgers threw, like, three red zone picks. Two of them were in the end zone. So I don't know if the return of Rodgers this next season, this upcoming season, I don't know if it makes a whole world of difference. And I, I keep saying that. I, for the for the Packers' chances at winning next year and winning games and contending, I don't know if it makes a difference whether it's Rodgers or Love. I think they're kind of a horse apiece right now. And if we're not going to contend with Aaron Rodgers next year, and if Rodgers comes back and the team is just going to be fine, well, then why not trade him? Or then why doesn't Rodgers retire? Because it doesn't really make sense for the Packers just to bring him back next year just to fart around. Right. If, if they're done contending and competing for Super Bowls with Rodgers, they may as well trade him, get a little something for him and, and start a rebuild, a reload, a retool, whatever you want to call it. This is all sports cliches. Right. And Rodgers talked about on the McAfee show today, possibilities of a trade, what that might look like. And if it comes to a separation between the Packers and Rodgers, he says he doesn't want it to be anything but but grateful and thankful. But to be open to the possibility, if I want to keep playing, that it might be somewhere else, I understand that. I understand they might want to move on and and and, and go younger at a number of different positions. That's a part of it. Uh, there, again, th- when I think about that thought, because it's important to, to understand that, to have some peace with that, because there is a lot that's out of your control, um, it's not with any malice. It's not with any animosity. It's with complete gratitude for an incredible organization that's done a ton for me. I've been there 18 years. I have lifelong friends in that organization. I have lifelong memories. I've made some of my closest friends in my life because I was drafted by the Green Bay Packers and they paid me multiple contracts and had amazing success. I met some just really special, special people. So why would I have any animosity toward that? You know? And on the flip side, hopefully it wouldn't be any animosity if that was a decision at some point. Because I have nothing but love for the fans and the and amazing people I've met over the years at different events and out at fresh time at the grocery store or at Barnes and Noble picking up some books or whatever oh. it might be. It's a it's a beautiful a beautiful town. So um you know, I think there's there's been uh, a, a lot of a lot of fun dreaming about retiring as a Packer because there's something really special about that. But if the competitive hole is is uh, still needs to be satiated and 
and it, it's time to move on. And I, you know, I hope everybody would uh, would look at that with uh, a lot of gratitude and not any uh, resentment. Or even on the flip side, you know, yeah, let's get rid of this old guy. Like it's you know, it's time to time to move on. I hope there's some gratitude on on both sides if that happens. I felt very targeted when I heard that. It's like, oh, maybe I've said that. Maybe. Maybe, I, maybe I've felt a little bit like, get this old bag out of here. Not that he's an old bag, but, you know, when a guy turns 39 and you watch Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Herbert and Lawrence and all these young guys who can run and they have a little oomph in their arm like Rodgers used to. You're like, man, our guy's ancient. Put him in a home. It's like, well, he's 39 and he's a franchise legend and he's going to retire his numbers. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, all these things. All right. All the mind of the bargain, Rodgers. I, I will keep it nice. If this comes to a split between the Packers and Rodgers, and if it comes to that, I promise to be nice. Absolutely. Please be nice, too. Don't do the thing that I think Rodgers sometimes do and cut people out, you know, completely. Greg Jennings. Although, I was watching Fox Sports 1 yesterday, and Greg Jennings was arguing that Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. So, maybe Aaron Rodgers was on to something with that, managing his friendship with Greg Jennings. <laughs> Last cut from the McAfee Show. Aaron Rodgers today was asked about, interesting enough, Greg Jennings, James Jones, uh, uh, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, and and some of the wide receivers that he got to play with over his many years in Green Bay. Very reflective. Here's Rodgers. Well, they, they have sex up in Alaska, actually, and they come down to warmer water to, uh, to have the babies. Um, at least that's my understanding. Let's take a three-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text and call the show if you'd like. 608-796-2558. Got a text here from Eau Claire, Chris. I think you make a great point, Chris. He says, Jordan Love might not be as hesitant to throw the ball as well. Yes, it would possibly lead to more interceptions. However, could lead to more moving of the chains. Yeah, this is a... <laughs> this, is a this is a fun one, because... I'm, I'm trying to think of other examples of this in sports where, you know, we have a good thing, but we desperately want another good thing. And then when we're, how do I describe this? So for years, right, let me work through this and I'm going to stumble over my words, but I, I hope I, I hope I'm able to communicate what I'm, what I'm trying to say. So for years, we've watched Aaron Rodgers, and we've gotten so used to him playing low risk football, not turning the ball over, taking care of the football. And the last couple of years, we said, well, he's too careful with the football. He's too, he needs to be more, he needs to be more reckless in a good way, right? He needs to take some more risks. And I wonder if at some point with Jordan Love or with any other quarterback, we're going to get to a point where it's like, actually, we'd like to go back to the other way. (laughs) We'd like to go back to the other, the other way of doing it. Think of it with the Brewers, right? The Brewers in 2011, they had the offense. Oh my God. They had the offense. They had Prince and Braun and McGee, who was great at the time. And all these other great hitters. That was the Aramis Ramirez stretch too, right? Maybe he came a little bit after. Either way, not important. 2011, they had the offense. And we're like, man, if we could just have the pitching. Pitching is what wins in the playoffs. And then the last couple of years, the Brewers have had the pitching. And we're like, we don't have the big bat. The big bat is what wins it in the playoffs. Right? So it's easy for sports fans to say, hey, we have this good thing, but 
we we don't want this good thing. We need another good thing. And you can just go back and forth forever. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw enough interceptions. But I can see us getting to next year and Jordan Love has 25 picks. We're like, oh, man, we, now we're throwing too many interceptions. So you got to be careful what you ask for a little bit. Although the dynamics of the NFL and the dynamics of football are changing in, in such a way where it seems like quarterbacks are throwing more interceptions than ever. So interceptions are, are less detrimental. But then again, I watched Dak Prescott basically give a game away on Saturday night or Sunday night, Sunday night when they played the Niners. It's like, well, if Dak Prescott just doesn't throw those two picks, the Cowboys probably win despite losing their best player on offense, despite being road underdogs against a really, really, really good conference opponent, the 49ers. So I don't know. I, I think there is something to Jordan Love maybe not being as hesitant to throw the ball. I just don't think younger quarterbacks hesitate as much. I mean, think of when you were younger. I, I go skiing now. I like to ski a little bit every once in a while. But five years ago when I went skiing, I can't believe how dumb I was. You ever think back of things that you used to do and you're like, I would never do that now. I used to just zip it through a terrain park on skis. I was never trained in jumping. I was never trained in skiing. Back. Like, I never took lessons. I never skied when I was little. But yet in college, let's just go to the ski hill and mess around. And, you know, we would mess around on the ski lift and we would go inside, get a beer. All right, let's go hit the train park. And I would just, I would just heave myself off of jumps. It's like, well, just land on your skis. It'll probably work out. I go skiing now. It's like, man, I'll go down the big hills. I'll go down a black diamond, but I'm not, I'm not going backwards. I'm not doing this, that, the other thing. And I think with quarterbacks, it's the same. Like Rodgers used to grip it and rip it. Mahomes rips it. Burrow, to a degree, rips it. Josh Allen rips it a little too much. I think younger quarterbacks are just a little more aggressive. They're just looking for big plays. They're looking to fit balls into windows. They're just not as hesitant. They're not as worried about getting clocked by a pass rusher because they don't know what they don't know. They're young and dumb. They're aggressive. right? I think that's a, a real-life thing as much as it is just a football thing. Let's talk to Hector in Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? How's it going today, Grant? It's going outstanding. I, I, was, I was sick to my stomach last night after that Badger game. I'm not going to lie, but I'm bouncing back. Mm. Yeah, I've uh, I got sent home early yesterday from work. Oh no! I uh, pulled a muscle in my back when I was loading my truck, <sighs> and uh, went to the Cairo. They said that uh, the muscle Charlie horse so much that it popped one of my ribs out of place, which oh. is why I cannot breathe. So I've been nursing that today. Probably uh, nurse it some more tomorrow and. Oh you know, I'll get back to my boss. I'll just, you know, Aaron Rodgers him. <laughs> were you wearing no, uh, Were you wearing the proper lifting equipment? There's lots of rules working in warehouses and trucks and stuff. Were you following uh, all of the rules? I was, yes. However, the I've already looked into it because the technicality they're going to get caught up in that I was loading the truck myself, which I do every single day. Yeah. But um, I often... Right. I often get uh, team lift objects, like someone orders a bookshelf, or like what threw me out of place on uh, Monday was an L-shaped desk, and it comes in two very heavy boxes. But I don't provide my own lift team. They have somebody that's supposed to be there to help with that, but no one was there, so I just dare them to, you know. Try that one, but well, I'm not too worried about I hope it. You're feeling a little bit better as time goes along. It 
broken ribs, dislocated yeah. ribs, never easy. You are probably going to push through it as a father and a worker. And Aaron Rodgers, very similar to you, push through it this season. You're you're one in the same, cut from right. the same cloth. Yeah, I watched it. I watched the McAfee. I watch the McAfee show every day, starting at eleven. When I'm on my route, when I'm not on my route, I just put it in my earbud or whatnot. And I thought he. Oh, he's so smooth with his words, Grant. Like, he he knows exactly how to not get caught up saying the wrong thing. I was listening to him just dance around answers, and he would go off on a little tangent with them about the whales or about, you know, this or that while he was talking to them before he'd give them a serious answer. He's, he's, he's a master at his craft, um, for sure. But I don't if the it's going to be up to the Packers, really. They have to make their decision, and I think this year their their commitment is two-year because he's going to want to finish out his contract or retire. Either way, it's going to screw you over. So if you're going to make a move, you got to make it this offseason. Let's um, if they but bring I'm big on this year, they're basically buying him. into two years. That's, that's how this is going to work. Right. If they're moving on, they do it now, and if he's here this year, he will also be here next year. Right, and there's plenty of suitors. This would be the year to move them. Everything is pointing like in the right direction for them to use that as an option and get away with it, you know, not like one of those moves that people will look at and be like, well, what point at what makes sense here? Like they got a lot of things that can make sense money-wise. Teams that, you know, the Colts, they love taking garbage QBs and letting them die. Uh, you know, something like that. You never know. Russell Wilson is proof. Deshaun Watson is proof. <laughs> Anything is possible. You're not wrong about that. Everyone can get their happy ending. I think here, well, happy ending. Deshaun Watson, especially. <laughs> hey, oh, is that right. appropriate yet? Can we make that joke yet? All right. Yeah, no, I, I got you, Hector. And I want to continue talking about what I think you made some really good points there, and I want to build on them, but I'm going to let you go. Have a good night and rest your ribs. Yeah, you have a good night. <laughs> Hector in on Alaska, especially through dislocated ribs. No, I, Hector, and I think Rogers, I think Rogers feels it too. I think Rogers, and he said this basically today. Maybe the Packers would have traded me last year had I not won MVP. Maybe the year before if I hadn't won MVP. But he said, this year I'm not coming off an MVP. I'm a year older. I'm a year more expensive. The Packers maybe were trying to do this. Maybe they were trying to move me for the last two years, and they basically just couldn't, right? Not just for money reasons, but you just can't trade a guy who's coming off an MVP season. It's just really hard to do. I get a texture that says, if Purdy and the Niners win the Super Bowl, does that change the landscape of the NFL and what it takes to win big? Does it throw a wrench in the Trey Lance takeover? Well, the wrench might be in the air right now. I think it's been thrown. I, I think the victory lap that some 49ers are taking is a little premature because I see a lot of tweets and articles and reports. Where it's like, it's official. Brock Purdy's the guy next year. It's like, well, wait, if they get shelled by 40 in one of these playoff games, let's, you know, they, they spent a top five pick on Trey Lance. Let's take it a little bit easy. Um, maybe wait to crown him. Just a, just a couple minutes. Let's just see how the playoffs go. So I, I think the Trey Lance thing Trey Lance has value to the Niners or to some team Brock Purdy advancing to the NFC championship game keeps this streak going and Eric Eager tweeted about it every Super Bowl since 2012 has had a quarterback on rookie money except for 2016 that was the Matt Ryan Tom Brady year right but we are either going to get Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts both are on rookie money and then in the AFC, we're going to get Joe Burrow, possibly, or Patrick Mahomes. But either way, we could have two quarterbacks on Super Bowl money, or we might have just one. But we're guaranteed at least one of these teams that makes the Super Bowl is going to have a quarterback on rookie money. And that's important. That's 
very telling of this Brock Purdy experience. The Niners didn't trade and extend Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. They they drafted Trey Lance. They paid for that in draft capital, and they drafted Brock Purdy. They're not paying him anything. That's the important lesson to be learned, and it's a lesson that we've been learning every year, like I said, since 2012. And it's a lesson that the Packers should heed this offseason. It's a, it's a lesson that the Eagles heeded a couple of years ago, and I want to talk about the Eagles and what the Packers could learn from the Eagles coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're all just having a killer day. Badgers loss was tough last night. Bucks game was great. The Bucks game was almost too great. It was done after a quarter. And then I just had to sit there and listen to Steve Novak be annoying for the next two hours. I like Steve Novak. It's like, man, some of those broadcasts of him and Lisa. Ugh. Marcus Johnson is so good. And I don't think we appreciate him now in the moment as he's broadcasting our games. Same way about Jim Paschke. And now that Jim Paschke's not calling games anymore, I'm like, oh. I really like Jim Paschke. God, Jim Paschke was so good. I need to go home tonight and watch some Bucks highlights uh, from when Jim Paschke was actually doing games. Like right when I got to college, I remember the season that opened, was it 17-18 or was it 18-19? I was about to Google it, but radio show. We're doing a radio show. Uh, when the Bucks opened the season against the Blazers. God, that was great. And Giannis had the game-winning block. It might have been over Nurkic. I don't remember. And... Paschke was unbelievable, and Marcus Johnson was great, and I now I just want to go back, and I want to find these highlights. I miss Paschke. I miss Marcus Johnson, especially when Steve Novak is doing games. Like, can we get Marcus? I like him a lot more. But yeah, gut punch last night for the Badgers. Bucks was pretty fun. We'll talk more about that maybe on Wednesday to start the show in the NBA Lounge. Right now, we're talking Packers, talking Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I want to completely rip off a point I heard on the Bill Michaels show today made by Ben Kenny. We're going to do that in a minute. But first, we're going to talk to Rockin' Rick, 608-796-2558. What's up, Rick? Oh, you just texted me back and said you didn't know who I was because you lost your contact. Oh, that was you. See, well, well let's, let's go behind the scenes here. The texting thing is it's separate than the phone. Like, I text through a website. I didn't know this was you, so now I will save Rockin' Rick. Thank you very much. I did lose all my contacts. Yes. No, I just said uh, competitive holes being satiated, uh, uh, blow-up dolls, and then happy endings. It was getting to be pretty interesting. Yeah, so. and I don't know if you saw, but the, the Bucks are hosting a uh, – uh, it was a big to-do in uh, political talk radio today. The, they're hosting a, a drag race or a drag queen, a drag strip, whatever it's called, at the Bucks game tomorrow night. People are outraged. We haven't even talked about that yet tonight. Oh. No, I did not hear that. No, anyway, it's fine. The other day, the other day, you were talking about how you wanted to get rid of uh, Lazard, and I thought maybe you were pointing that at me. So I tried to call in, but I was busy the couple times I tried to call. But uh, anyway, I want to thank you seriously for playing. I know this country thrives on drama and adversity and everything. So I think sometimes, uh, you know, like with all these reality shows and stuff, that they create all the drama. Sometimes I feel like the media does that with Aaron too. Like they only play the clips that they they know are going to get us going. So yeah. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you playing 
you know, some of the other stuff that, uh, you know, that he, you know, said about us. But when it comes to Lazard, you know, I was kind of ticked at Adams, and I was just kind of hoping that Aaron would want to would want to make Adams feel bad, and he would take somebody like Lazard, who was kind of a, a nobody, but he was a worker. I thought he just seemed like a worker, and prove that he is that good that he could make another he could make another Adams out of Lazard or something. That's kind of I, I guess I was just trying to will him through. No, so I, that's I, why I get I was, it. I, I was that's assuming. why I was pushing Lazard. But if you were if you were Aaron, wouldn't you want to do that? Wouldn't you want to just show how good, how unbelievably good you are that you could make another uh, Devontae out of somebody who wasn't Devontae? Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I. That's I gotcha. I've thought a lot of things about Aaron Rodgers. It's like, he should think this, and then it becomes very clear that he doesn't. Like, I remember last offseason thinking, hey, Rodgers should get Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and all the wide receivers, and they fly them all out to California, and they party at his mansion in Malibu and play video games and just have a great time. And and I remember bringing that up to Zach Heilprin, and Zach's like, why would he want to do that? And I'm like, why wouldn't he want it? That sounds awesome. So I, I'm with you. There are sometimes some things where I, I, I think, why wouldn't, Aaron Rodgers do this or why wouldn't he want to do that and I, I don't know I think Rodgers is content to show up to be great and to do his stuff and wait for everyone else to elevate around him I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is too interested in tutoring young wide receivers and and trying to teach them well, things. I, I, no I don't think he's like that I've heard people say that he's basically his contract is for what he's done but I say that's bull crap but he's getting paid elite wages he should be an elite quarterback, and I don't know what you could probably look it up right now and know he's probably what the twelfth or fifteenth best quarterback in football this year. I mean, he's he's got to be down there a ways. Yeah, with all he his was, quarterback um, rating and everything, and he's the number one paid. That's well, and it depends. If, well, if you look at his salary every year and you look at what actually hits the cap, it can be, I don't know, you can look at any different number to try to warp it the way that you want. But but you're right, right? He was paid and rewarded for that first MVP year, or maybe it was the second MVP year, and the Packers said, no, we want to commit to you. We want to reward you for what you've done for us. And, and sports contracts are always uh, like that, right? So when, when folks say, well, I don't want to pay for past performance, that's baked into the price. That's literally how sports contracts work. Whether you like it or not, whether it's it's reasonable or fair or not, sports aren't always reasonable, right? They're not always run like true businesses. Otherwise, Christian Yelich wouldn't be making what he's making, right? Speaking of a guy who is getting paid for past performance. Yeah, tell me about it. That's a, that's another one. But those 10-year contracts are, I don't think Christian's is that long, but it's pretty rare that they ever, I don't know, I guess I'm an Aaron fan. I mean, it's yeah. it's impossible not to appreciate the stuff that he has done and he's just he's unbelievably intelligent there's no way you can deny that but i don't know just the clips that i hear i just from listening to your shows and stuff i just got last year i was ready to i mean i i think the seahawks are just rubbing their hands together can't wait to get to this draft and you know loving what they did with russell and that could have been us that's just kind of the way i looked at it and and uh you know, who knows? Maybe Jordan isn't going to be anything, but they drafted him 26th and they drafted Aaron, what, 24th? 
Yeah, and I well, look, oh. and I'm I'm glad you brought up Jordan Love because that's actually who I want to talk about next. I, I don't even know if Jordan Love needs to be good for next Packers season to be a success if they trade away Aaron Rodgers. So that's what I want to talk about next. I'm going to put your mind at ease a little bit, Rock and Ray. Okay, you do that. Good talking with you again. You, you as well, Rocket Rick. You don't sound convinced. Well, here, let, let me convince you. So the Packers drafted Jordan Love a couple years ago in 2020, and he's been sitting on the bench and he's waiting. Ideally, Jordan Love steps in and is good. right? And he's a competent NFL quarterback. The Packers can compete with him. He gets a little bit better the next year. The Packers can contend with him. That's the dream. If Jordan Love goes in there and flops, okay, well, now the Packers have a very clear understanding of where they stand. They have a very clear understanding of the, of the situation in their quarterback room, and they have a clear idea on how to proceed. If Jordan Love gets in there and is terrible, it's almost better than if he's just kind of middle of the road. I don't really want a middle-of-the-road quarterback. I would rather get a guy in there, and if he stinks, all right, we move on, we get another guy. right? If he's great, awesome. He's now our guy moving forward. That was the case with Rodgers coming out of Favre. But the Packers could, in theory, trade Rodgers this offseason, take a pretty big hit on their cap next year, but they're not trying to contend next year if they trade away Rodgers anyways. It's a little bit of a retool, rebuild, reload, whatever you want to call it. So they insert Jordan Lovin, I hope with a new young tight end, another young wide receiver, maybe they get another edge rusher. Hopefully they offload some of the older, kind of frail, more useless players on the roster. Harsh language, but... If Rodgers is gone, I would then assume Randall Cobb retires. Hopefully, Mercedes Lewis would retire, too. You know, let's let's get the attitude of the team younger. Let's get the personality of the team younger, right? And then they can take next year to kind of evaluate everything that they have. Obviously, quarterback first and foremost. And if Jordan Love doesn't look like he's it, okay, well, then you know what you're doing next year. And if you're able to get any picks from the Aaron Rodgers trade, or if they trade Rodgers, you're able to use those picks to maybe maneuver around the draft board. We can package some of those picks together, move up to get our guy. Or if you're picking in the top 10, maybe your guy is just there, available, ready to go. Maybe you take a guy in the second round, right? That's what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. What the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts cannot be overlooked as one of the sharpest things a team has done. Taken in the same draft as Jordan Love. And they said, well, we're going to take this guy and maybe he turns into something or maybe he's just a backup. Whatever, it's a second, third, fourth round pick. It's a pick that's not a top 10 pick. It's not a, not a top 30 pick like Jordan Love was. Right? And then they had a falling out with Carson Wentz and their quarterback situation just wasn't working. So, all right, let's try Jalen Hurts, see what he's got. If he's terrible, okay. Now we know we have to look for our next quarterback. If he's good, if he's even a little bit better than average, he costs so little that we can address the rest of the roster. That's how the Eagles were able to build an all-star team. That and trading with the Saints. Trading with the Saints is always a, a good way to conduct business in the NFL. So Howie Roseman is a, a genius, obviously, for that. Trade with the Saints. Get all of their picks possible. If the if the Saints call and want to trade with you, Mickey Loomis calls you up. Yep, absolutely, I'll take the trade. You want to give us a first-rounder for Marcus Davenport? <laughs> all right, Ed. Go ahead. We'll, we'll we'll wait until we'll wait until later in the draft to pay. Yeah, give us that first. Oh yeah, Marcus Davenport. He's gonna get you over the top, Mickey. I I think it's a great trade for you. Yep, phone it in. Stand, put the stamp of approval on it. And so you're gonna trade up to get Chris Olave. Okay, have fun going eight and eight. I, I guess Olave will be great, but we'll take your first round pick. Thank you. Right, so if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, I, I would almost. And again, I, I don't know the the pre-post June 1 designation crap. I, I don't know. I would be perfectly fine with the Packers waiting until 
springtime to trade Aaron Rodgers. Wait, heck, wait until after the draft. I don't care. I'll take the picks next year because the picks next year, we're going to we're going to know a lot more if Aaron Rodgers is dealt. We're going to know a lot more about the the trajectory of the Packers after this upcoming season because there's going to be a lot of unknowns going into the season. What is Jordan Love able to give you? How does this offense run without Aaron Rodgers when Matt LaFleur truly is at the helm? Maybe Matt LaFleur's not the guy. You'll learn that real quick next year if that's the case. I almost want those picks pushed a little bit out into the future because I want to collect the data first. I want to know what we have in love, know what we have in LaFleur. I can say we because I'm an owner. And then once we know what we have, we can act accordingly. And I'd almost rather have that extra draft resource, that, that extra capital later on down the road. I don't know that it is to your benefit as much this offseason as it would be next. 608-796-2558. Mike in Chippewa Falls says, I had the privilege of listening to the great Eddie Doucette. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking about announcers. I was like, Mike, why did you text this to me? I forgot. Yeah, we were talking about Marcus Johnson, Jim Paschke. I think I'm going to, before bed tonight, watch some Jim Paschke highlights. Go back and watch that era of Bucks basketball. I'm very much looking forward to it. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back. Wisco Sports Show. Wrap it up. Turn things over to Kenny and Heilprin. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. But to be open to the possibility, if I want to keep playing, that it might be somewhere else, I understand that. I understand they might want to move on and 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 go younger at a number of different positions. That's a part of it. Uh, again, when I think about that thought, because it's important to, to understand that, to have some peace with that, because there is a lot that's out of your control. Um, it's not with any malice. It's not with any animosity. It's with complete gratitude for an incredible organization that's done a ton for me. I've been there 18 years. I have lifelong friends in that organization. I have lifelong memories. I've made some of my closest friends in my life because I was drafted by the Green Bay Packers and they paid me multiple contracts and had amazing success and met some just really special, special people. So why would I have any animosity toward that? You know. And on the flip side, hopefully there wouldn't be any animosity if that was a decision at some point. Because I have nothing but love for the fans and the and amazing people I've met over the years at different events and out of fresh time at the grocery store or at Barnes & Noble picking up some books or whatever oh. it might be. It's a, it's a beautiful a beautiful town. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's been uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of fun dreaming about retiring as a Packer because there's something really special about that. But if the competitive hole is, is, uh, still needs to be satiated and and it's time to move on, then, I, you know, I hope everybody would uh, would look at that with uh, a lot of gratitude and not any uh, resentment. Or even on the flip side, you know, yeah, let's get rid of this old guy. Like, it's, you know, it's time to, time to move on. I hope there's some gratitude on, on both sides if that happens. Get rid of that old guy. Who's, who said that? No one would say that. I certainly wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say get rid of the old guy. I'd say... <clears throat> Maybe it's come high time to go in a different direction with a younger quarterback, cheaper quarterback, more mobile quarterback. This is not about age. This is not an ageist show. I'm not an ageist sports fan or an owner. I'm a Packer owner. It's not about age. Got to get cheaper. And all these quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs, in the, in the championship round, all these guys can move to a degree. More so when Josh Allen was there, but Burrow can get out and scramble. Mahomes can when his ankle isn't highly sprained. I can't believe he's going to play this weekend. And we're just treating it as normal. Mahomes is a victim of his own greatness, 100%. 
because we're going to spend all week now talking about, well, Josh Allen's not better than Mahomes, but maybe Joe Burrow is. I mean, he's beaten Patrick Mahomes three times in a row. It's Mahomes. It's Mahomes. It's Mahomes. It's, 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 stop. It's Mahomes. It's, stop whatever you're saying. It's Mahomes. In the NFC side, Jalen Hurts obviously runs a ton. Jalen Hurts doesn't just get outside the pocket and escape to run. He'll go right up the middle. He'll convert into a running back on certain plays and just fall forward. Brock Purdy can move a little bit, more than Jimmy G at least. right? Jimmy G is your classic NFL version of Alex Hornibrook. It's like, how can someone play quarterback and be that slow, that unathletic? That doesn't make any sense. How can you, how can you be that slow? And, of course, Dak can get out and run too. My favorite Dak running moment. My, my favorite moment from these playoffs so far was the Monday night of wildcard weekend when Troy Aikman is saying, I don't know, Joe, I think I'd probably kick here as Dak Prescott rolls left into the end zone on fourth and short to score six. I don't know, Joe, I'd probably kick here, but that's America's booth. You know, they're not always going to be right, but man, they're going to be entertaining. That's a broadcast booth right there. 608-796-2558, just a couple minutes before we turn things over to Kenny and Heilprin. I get a text here. Again, I lost all my contacts. It's I'm having a week. So just include your name if you send a text. There's a text that says, you are operating with the thought that Aaron Rodgers is worth multiple first-round picks. He's soon to be a 40-year-old quarterback who looked every day of 40 last season. You could get a single first-rounder and maybe some later picks. Especially with his salary, it's going to be a stunted return. I think they should get rid of him, but I don't know if you can rebuild the dynasty with just a trade of Rodgers. No, no, no. I, I'm very aware under the assumption that he's worth multiple first-round picks. I bet they could get a one and a three, maybe a one and a four. I don't think they need to rebuild a dynasty. They, they never they never had a dynasty. I, I don't know if they need to build a dynasty. I, I just think having an extra first and a third next year, after a year of seeing Jordan Love, after a year of seeing Matt LaFleur completely detached from Aaron Rodgers, you have a lot more information, right? You know how you're going to be spending those picks or you know how you should be spending those picks right? It's like going grocery shopping before you go. It's, it's like going grocery shopping without knowing what you have in the cupboard at home, right? That's why you make a list. That's why you say, well, we want to make this this week. I got to get this, that, the other thing. You don't just roll into the grocery store with a bunch of money. Like, well, I don't know. Just grab, grab what looks good, I guess. No, you need to know what you need, right? The Packers, I don't know if they know what they need. I think they need a tight end. They need another wide receiver. They need another edge rusher, but which teams don't? Any team could use those guys. If the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers this offseason, and it's seemingly more likely that they will, it feels more realistic. It feels more likely than it's felt the last couple of seasons. And I just got to trust my feeling on this. You need to trust my gut because I think most Packer fans are feeling the same way. It's just feeling more likely. If they trade him this offseason, they're going to get to evaluate everyone and everything next year. And if the Packers go in the tank and they're terrible next year, well, then you can even evaluate Matt LaFleur. You can evaluate Jordan Love. And if it comes time to move off of both of them, you can. Right? That's the, that's, that's the utility. That's the, the usefulness in failing quickly. Right? It's not always wrong to fail quickly. If you're going to fail, fail quickly so you know and you can act. You can act on that information. So having a year next year with Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, Joe Barry, you can evaluate everyone and everything. And then if you get a nice little haul from Aaron Rodgers, you can put those picks to work. And I understand it's not going to be the Russell Wilson package, but a first and a third, don't act like that's not significant. That's huge. That's, that's, that's two first-round picks. You normally have one. You're doubling your ability to draft players in the first round of the draft. And if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere next year and he sucks, maybe that pick might be pretty good. You never know. If the Packers go 9-8 and eight or 8-9 eight and nine again next year with Jordan Love, then that pick could be pretty good again, too. Who knows? Maybe good enough to draft a replacement for Josiah DeGuara. 
a tight end, an H-back that we've never heard of. Wouldn't that be exciting? <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for, personally. Another wing back. I think we're one wing back short of being a Super Bowl team. We're one sandwich short of a picnic right now. We're close, as Dave from Monona said earlier. I don't think we're as close as Dave said, but we're not that far away. And I think the Packers have a path, a clear path on where they should go and what they should do next, if they indeed want to trade Aaron Rodgers. Coming up next, Kenny and Heilprin. Zach and Ben talking Badgers football, maybe a little Badgers basketball as well. Enjoy the show. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.